The St. Louis Cardinals drop another bomb on us on Monday and have signed free agent pitcher Sonny Gray to a reported three-year, $75 million deal. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter X at JD Sports Radio, as well as the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. Make sure if you're coming over there to like, subscribe, and comment. That way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball. All of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, first and foremost, I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday break. Uh, we haven't done a show since Wednesday. It's been a, like It seems like it's been weeks since we've had a, a chance to sit down and hang out together. But um, Thanksgiving, I hope it all went well for you. I hope your Black Friday shopping went well. And uh, now here we are on Cyber Monday, and the Cardinals the Cardinals are, are, are just taking over and, ju- and just bull rushing the free agent pitching market. Look at them go. And here's the thing. I had this whole wonderful show planned for you guys today. And then just when you thought the Cardinals would just kind of lie and wait and, you know, just for a little bit, let some of the, the dust settle on the pitching market, let it take shape a little bit. Uh, they go out and they snag their third free agent starting pitcher. And this one is a big one. Right-hander, Sonny Gray, previously of the Minnesota Twins. He's coming to St. Louis. Well, pending a physical, it isn't uh, uh, official yet, but it's it's a big deal. This is big news because this podcast right here started talking about free agent pitchers that the Cardinals could target this offseason way back in August. Way back in August. After the deadline went down, they'd move Monty, they'd move Flaherty. We knew Wayno wasn't coming back. And on August 26th, almost three months ago to the day, we did an episode where I said I had a gut feeling that Sonny Gray seemed like someone they'd go after and go after hardcore. And as time went on, a lot of people began to agree with me. And then by the end of the season, a lot of us were banging the sunny gray drum and hoping he'd be a Cardinal. And now we have him. Now he's going to be a St. Louis Cardinal. And the response to his signing by the fans is not as excited as as I thought it would be. I thought people would be, you know, screaming from the rooftops, just like, woohoo, you did it, Mo. You got a good one. I thought they were going to be excited. Now, Sonny Gray is an outstanding pitcher. Was an outstanding one for the Twins for sure last year. Finished second in the American League Cy Young voting. Third in the league in ERA behind the two Cy Young winners, Blake Snell and uh, Garrett Cole. 32 games started last year. Fourth in the league. Michaelis, by the way, led the league with 35. 
He finished with 183 strikeouts and 184 innings pitch. That was the 20th highest strikeout total in all of Major League Baseball. Batting average against, 226, 10th lowest in the league. Walks per nine, top 25 at 2.69. Led the league in FIP, fielding independent pitching, 2.83. Home runs per nine, just 0.4. Led the league in that. And that's, by the way, while pitching at Target Field, which a lot of home runs got hit there last year, 212 of them, to be exact, eighth highest amount in the league. So you would imagine that might even get better by pitching more games at Bush Stadium this year. So how can someone so good get such a blah response from the fans today? Well, I'll tell you why. It is because people do not view Sonny Gray as the typical ace, even though he put up ace-like numbers last year. Had a 153 ERA plus, which was better than everyone except Snell and Cole. 5.3 war among starting pitchers. Only trail Cole, Snell, and Logan Webb in San Francisco. Ace-type season last year, no doubt. Still not considered an ace because he doesn't exactly have the track record of doing what he did last year on a regular basis. The thought still is that the Cardinals, despite bringing in Sonny Gray, still lack a true number one ace. And as good as Sonny Gray was last year, He's not the ace that fans were looking for. Now he's a very good pitcher. He is a very good pitcher. I'm excited that he's going to be a Cardinal. He's one of the guys that I really, really wanted for this team. I thought it made a lot of sense. Last two years in Minnesota, 16 and 13 record. We know you can't really look at records all the time. I mean, he was 8-8 eight eight this past year, even though he was incredible. Uh, but 16 and 13 over the last two seasons, ERA 2.90. ERA plus of 142. 300 Ks and 300 and a three in two-thirds innings. He was pretty good for the Reds in the three years he pitched there. 23 and 20, ERA 3.49, ERA plus of 135. 432 Ks and 366 in two-thirds innings. And remember, he had a pitch in that little ballpark, Great American Small Park, as people call it. I mean, he's much better than anyone... The Cardinals had on their team last year by a long shot. That's for sure. But many people feel, and if you go look in the comments and the videos and stuff of uh, me breaking the news this morning when I found out about it at like, I guess it was like seven o'clock St. Louis time. I was actually doing my iHeart shift and I was doing the central time zone today. So I was doing the news in St. Louis for you guys. And um, when it broke, it was like uh, seven o'clock. Right around 7, 8 o'clock Eastern. And um, I, a lot of people feel that the Cardinals still need one big gun to put them into contention to win a World Series. And coming into the free agency period, Cardinals fans dreamed of names like Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Dylan Cease, Tyler Glasnow, Shane Bieber to go along with somebody like Sonny Gray, in wearing the birds on the back. I was one of you. Trust me, I, that's where I wanted, that's where my head went as well. I was like, Sonny Gray, get him. He's awesome. Get another elite guy, and bam, we really got something cooking here. But instead, we got Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Um, I think a lot of us were hoping that 
after last year's catastrophic season that the team would be more aggressive towards the top tier free agent pitching class and that it would be something that they'd be eager to go after. They would start spending a little more money, not be so afraid of, you know, putting so many years on a contract. Uh, but they really did the opposite. Instead of targeting, if I can simplify this a little bit, instead of targeting the hottest girls in the school, right? The Cardinals instead targeted the people that they had a better chance to get a yes out of and score a date with. Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Sonny Gray. And we were kind of worried that Sonny Gray might go to Atlanta, remember? Like in the movie uh, A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. Phenomenal movie, one of my favorites. There's that scene where he explains to his buddies about what is the best way for them to to get what they want and to not fight over the most attractive girl, but instead you spread the wealth and you go and dance with all the women. And that's how they get what they want in the end. So instead of putting all their money and getting one ace guy, which, you know, if you took all this money that you're spending on these three pitchers and you threw it at somebody like a Blake Snell, yeah, you might get that guy, but you still got an issue. And Mo kind of touched on that in the press conference when he was talking about the Gibson and Lynn signings. Um, that, yeah, we could go get one guy, or we find three that are pretty good and give us a chance to win on all three days instead of just having one day where we're very good and then the other days we're kind of scrambling for stuff. Um, so the team decided to pull what I deem some very typical Cardinal moves, which which bore the hell out of people. The Cardinals have never been a super exciting team when it comes to the free agent market. Normally, they are very, very boring. These are not super exciting moves. They're improvements, but they're kind of boring, right? None of these moves shocked me. I was surprised by the order <laughs> that they occurred, but uh, I, I do. I'm starting to understand the logic of it all to an extent. And who knows? Maybe the Cardinals have reached out to uh, uh, Blake Snell and and he shot him down and said, nah, not interested. I can see that happening. I tried to warn people before this offseason started that people are going to have to want to play in St. Louis for the Cardinals who are coming off a bad year and don't normally pay the highest contract. They're going to want to have to live in St. Louis over places in bigger markets on the coast, by beaches, in major cities. It's not the easiest sell in the world. Um, so maybe that's something that happened with Blake Snell. Maybe, maybe he shot him down. You heard Mo in his press conference. Uh, once again, the one with, uh, about the Gibson and Lynn signings where he said, guys want to have to play here. And I don't think he just threw that out there for no reason. You know, Nola wanted to be in Philly. Apparently Atlanta and the Dodgers both were in hot pursuit of him. And he said, no, he goes, nah, I don't want to go there. I, I, I want to be in Philly. That's where I want to be. So maybe that's something that's happened, that some of these guys, maybe pitchers that you deem as a better free agent signing than Sonny Gray is, didn't want to come to St. Louis. Do they read the writing on the wall about Yamamoto, Yamamoto and uh, admit that they'll just never outbid any of the big boy markets for him? So why not go and get the guys who want to be in St. Louis? I, I kind of understand the philosophy there. It makes sense. 
They were clearly aggressive. I want to give them credit there. Clearly aggressive in going after the guys they wanted and guys who had mutual interest in coming to St. Louis. So I will give them credit there for not letting them slip through their fingers. You know, not chasing waterfalls, as TLC would say. You know, the waterfalls of Snell and Yamamoto and Montgomery, all these big-name guys that um, the odds are they weren't going to come here. So they went out and got the best guys they think they can get, guys that that suit their need, and they brought them in. They went after them. They were aggressive. They've signed three guys. We were all worried that how's he going to get three guys? Really? Boom! He's got them done before December, before the winter meetings. And they're not under the cloud of a six- or seven-year deal either, which is something I think is very important to the Cardinals. They, they don't want to hand out those kind of deals. Those deals usually go bad at one point or another. First couple of years, sure, pretty good. Later on, you're strapped. And they didn't want that. And it's funny how it all kind of played out, because in my head, I, I picture it like a scene in Moneyball. If you can't tell, I'm a movie guy, uh, especially with the first two signings, not by going cheap or anything, but because that's not what I mean, but they signed a couple of guys who got some defects, but they signed them for a specific reason. And I'm going to lay that whole scene out for you next on Locked on Cardinals. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel and you're on the fence a little bit, this is the time to get in on the action. No better time at all. The app is easy to use. Wide range of uh, betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. My buddy, just yesterday, uh, had a player prop bet on FanDuel for a Drew Sample. He's a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Drew Sample, anytime touchdown, won 475 bucks. Happened yesterday. Uh, my Packers may be quite happy on Thanksgiving with their upset of the Detroit Lions. Somehow they are now considered in the hunt <laughs> in the NFC playoff picture, which is wild to me. Uh, tonight you've got an NFC North battle between Josh Dobbs and the Vikings against Justin Fields and the uh, Chicago Bears. Dobbs has been huge since coming over from Arizona and filling in for the uh, injured Kirk Cousins, who's out with the Achilles injury. Doesn't appear that uh, he's going to have their number one target, Justin Jefferson, back just yet. Still recovering from the hammy issue, but uh, I still like the Vikings at home tonight. They're giving three, favored by three, so I like the Vikings at home. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, obviously, you can find us on YouTube and on Twitter. Make sure you're leaving comments. We want your feedback. Always welcome and encourage. And don't forget, Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So when the Redbirds got Gibson and they got Len, and we started hearing uh, all of the different reasons why they're good fits for the Cardinals, why the Cardinals wanted them, I couldn't help but think about 
the Brad Pitt movie Moneyball. Excellent, excellent movie, right? Why, by the way, like I watch it every summer. I usually watch it before the season starts because of all the spring training and off-season stuff that goes on in the movie. It just gets me in the mood for it all. Uh, it always makes me want to rebuild teams on MLB The Show when I watch it. I always want to get in there and start tinkering. But anyways, um, I, I pictured the discussion, if you remember, about signing them when it came to the scene in the movie where it's the the, the when, I, when I point at you scene. You know what I'm talking about? You know, uh, Billy's sitting around the table with all the scouts around him. He's got Pete in the room for the first time. And the scouts ask him, all right, who do you guys want to talk about? And uh, he's like, none of them. And this is where it really reminded me, and I just kind of pictured in my head, Mo doing the same thing, sitting at the table and bringing up Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. I mean, can you picture it? Mo's there at the table. First name he brings up is Lance Lynn. You know, he writes his name down on the little... uh the little magnet throws it up on the magnet board. He's like, first name, number one, Lance Lynn. And all of us did the same thing that the scouts do in the movie. We're all like, oh, gosh. We start listing all the reasons why that signing isn't a good idea. Doesn't have the velo we used to. Getting a little thick in the waist. Let's be honest. Lance Lynn's never been a small guy, but he looked pretty hefty with the Dodgers at the end of that season. Uh, gave up a lot of hits, gave up a lot of home runs and a lot of runs in general last season, 127 of them, second most in the league. Opponents hit 259 against him, fourth highest average against in the league. He's going to be 37. The list goes on and on and on. And I can see Mo's response to all of us whining about this. Well, his innings pitched is all we're looking at now. And Lance throws a lot of innings for a guy that we don't have to sign to a multi-year contract. Lance, by the way, 183 and two-thirds innings to be exact, 20th most in the league last year. Number two, scribbles it down. Kyle Gibson throws it up on the board. Who, the more you look at it, is it really a bad signing? Like, you don't hate the Kyle Gibson signing. It just caught a lot of us off guard, right? Because after the Lynn signing, you didn't think you needed somebody in that mold anymore. And now you got two of them. Let all the scouts grumble again. I don't know, Mo. Gibson, yeah, gave up a lot of hits last year. 198 of them, to be exact. Led the AL in that category. Gave up 101 runs, which was the eighth most in the league. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys. Opponents hit 270 against him. Third highest batting average against in the league. He's 36 years old. Why do you like him, Mo? This is when Mo snaps his fingers. Points over at Ollie. Or Dusty Blake sitting over there at the end of the table, and they reply because he eats innings, and that's what he does. Kyle threw 192 of them this past season for Baltimore, 11th most in the league, sixth most in the American League. Now, when looking at the remaining top tier free agent starting pitchers, started thinking about who would. Now that we're we're okay, we're doing this innings eater thing. That's a, that's what we're after. Who would the Cardinals be targeting still, considering the price that some of these guys would cost and how long they'll want their contracts to be? You look at Blake Snell, 180 innings last year, which is good, but he's not known for going deep into games. Coming off his second Cy Young Award, certainly going to be looking for a six, seven-year deal like the Phillies gave Aaron Nola. And he would certainly demand more money than what he got because Nola 
Zero Cy Youngs. Blake Snell. Dos. Uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Pipe dream, probably, right? Would be wonderful. But you've got the posting price, and then you've got the contract. Plus, you got to outbid all the major markets. Just made their chances at landing him pretty thin, right? There's former Cardinal Jordan Montgomery. 188 and two-thirds innings last season with uh, the Cardinals and the Rangers. 14th most in the league. Previous year, he threw 178 and a third. Year before that, he was at 157 and a third. That was his first full season back after Tommy John's surgery in 2018. Endings eater, right? Made a lot of sense. According to MLB Network insider John Heyman, who broke the Sunny Gray news uh, this morning, the Rangers hope to bring Montgomery back this offseason, but they have competition for the left-hander from two teams that are very familiar with him. Heyman wrote in the New York Post that the Yankees and the Cardinals had both reached out to Montgomery. And I've always said that I would think the Rangers are quite foolish if they, they don't bring Monty back, considering that the guy who's supposed to be their number one, Jacob DeGrom, he gone. Tommy John surgery. Hoping to be back by August, but you never know. The team's got Max Scherzer, Dane Dunning, John Gray, Nathan Evaldi, and Andrew Heaney returning. But with DeGrom out, maybe they take the plunge. Heyman predicted six years, 120 in the beginning of November. Six years still just didn't seem like something that the Cardinals wanted to do. So they either pivot to Sonny Gray or they've had the preference of Gray this entire time. Made more sense for them. The AAV of $25 million, that's just the market. I, I don't care about $25 million for, for a really good pitcher. But to only have to sign him to $25 million uh, per season for three years, it's a lot easier to swallow than being on the hook for six or seven. So I would like your thoughts on whether or not you would rather have had Jordan Montgomery, who I think six years 120 is actually low. I'm going to say he's probably going to get six years 150 from whoever he goes to. That's what I'm going to predict. So six years 150, or would you prefer what the Cardinals did with the Sonny Gray deal? Three years, 75 million. Let me know down below. Comment section on YouTube and uh, on Twitter X. We're going to jump into the latest news and rumors around the league, including the Tigers, who signed one of the many free agent pitchers that we have discussed here on Locked on Cardinals. That's coming up next. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So let's take a look at things from uh, around the league, because whether you believe it or not, the rest of the league does not evolve around the Cardinals. although. They may have had an effect of the recent signing by the Detroit Tigers from what they did with Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn. According to reports, the Tigers and 35-year-old right-hander Kenta Maeda have agreed to a two-year contract. ESPN's Jeff Passan reports that he will earn $24 million in guaranteed money pending a physical today, Monday, the uh, 27th. Uh, reports emerged earlier this week linking him and the Tigers. His former team, the Twins, Still had an interest in bringing him back, but 
They're trying to slash payroll. It's one of the reasons why they weren't going to bring Sonny Gray back. And uh, at $24 million, I don't think they had an interest in bringing Kenta Maeda back. Uh, they probably just wanted to bring him in on a one-year deal. He got two from Detroit. Boom. He's out. So now instead, the Twins are going to have to face him in the division instead. Uh, Kenta Maeda was one of the names that I brought up to fill the back end of the rotation for the Cardinals uh, a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, that was before the Gibson and Lynn signings. Had Tommy John in 2021, missed all of 2022, but came back last season. Solid, 4.23 ERA, 27.3% strikeout rate, 6.5% walk rate over 104 and a third innings for Minnesota. Um, did the Cardinals jumping in early to sign guys like Gibson and Lynn help move the market for a guy like Ken Maeda? And if the two years, 24 million is what it ends up being, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Gibson and Lynn on one-year deals with options for a second or Kenta Maeda locked into two years at $24 million total? Comparing the deals, personally, I think I'd rather have Gibson and Lynn because it gives me two guys instead of just one. Now, that doesn't make me a Mo apologist, <laughs> but... I would just rather have two guys. I'd rather have two guys for that money than one guy about the same age coming off Tommy John surgery. You know what I'm saying? Um, the only reason I would take Maeda over them is if it was going to give you kind of the inside track on, on signing Yamamoto. That'd be the only reason why I would take him and his two-year deal over the one-year deals, which is basically what they are, for Gibson and Lynn with the options that the Cardinals have, team options uh, for that second year. Now, speaking of Yamamoto, some details on how his negotiations have come to light. According to reports, the first stage is a round of phone calls and Zoom meetings with all of the teams that are interested in him. He's then expected to arrive in the U.S. for a series of uh, in-person meetings and further negotiations with however many finalists make the second and presumably last stage of the discussions. Now, the timeline for these in-person sit-downs is supposedly after the winter meetings, which is coming up December 4th through the 7th, which will allow teams a, a better idea and a better sense of the pitching market if you know other top hurlers are signed or traded. Guys like Sonny Gray. Now he's gone. Uh, this also works for Yamamoto's camp in a way because it would allow some extra negotiating leverage if remaining suitors become more desperate for pitching. Like the Braves wanted Nola. Apparently they wanted Sonny Gray. Where are they going now? Are they, are they going to Blake Snell? This is a situation the Cardinals didn't want to find themselves in. Is what they had their eyes set on a couple of guys. They get shot down, and then they're like, oh, gosh, where do we go now? What do we do? That's what they didn't want to happen. The posting window will extend for Yamamoto, by the way, through uh, January 4th, but reports are that he is not expected re to require that much time to make his decision. Um. It appears that, like, according to this timeline that I that I saw online, if things go as planned, decision could be made mid-December. Ahead of Christmas Day is kind of what they're shooting for, which unfortunately means that we still got a month of rumors about him <laughs> to sift through until he makes that decision. Uh, the Cardinals are not out of the Yamamoto sweepstakes or Yamamoto sweepstakes. The Sonny Gray signing kind of makes it, like, thin uh, that they would even be able to put a contract out there for Yamamoto just 
it's a lot of money. And I just, I just don't foresee them doing that. Um, they've been connected to him, obviously, in a number of ways. But uh, even before the gray signing, I continued to say that I was very skeptical on whether or not the Cardinals would would spring for the amount of money and years it would cost them to get him over the major markets on either coast, whether it's L.A., New York, Chicago. Is a, uh, the Cubs is a name that people are kind of starting to say, hey, don't forget about us. We might, we might like us some Yamamoto. There's even talk about them with Otani that's starting to flutter out there a little bit. So um, the Cubs aren't going away. But um, that's kind of what's going on with the news. Um, you know, Sonny Gray's obviously the big stuff that happened today, and it's great that it's happening for the Cardinals. Experts continue to say they don't think that the Cardinals are, are done yet. They don't. Specifically, they believe that they could still make a trade to get another arm for the rotation, but they really expect them to make more moves when it comes to getting pieces for the bullpen, which is great because they need it because <laughs> the bullpen had a rough go last year, and we want to improve that as best as they can. So um, could involve some trades with the outfielders. That's something that's being floated around there. So, of course, if anything happens, I will let you know. For those of you who caught the, the short video this morning on YouTube, appreciate you jumping in on there. Um, Sonny Gray is a, is a St. Louis Cardinal. I'm excited about it. I'm still excited to see if they do any more moves. I'm still excited to know if they're going to make a trade to go get somebody like a Dylan Cease or a Tyler Glass now or a Shane Bieber. Probably expectations on that should be lowered a bit, but there's still a chance. And they've still got some work to do. There's still some adjustments to be made to the roster. So uh, I look forward to, to seeing what happens next. Again, thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter X at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And sunny days are ahead of us here on Locked on Cardinals. I know that was a dad joke. That was really corny. I apologize. <laughs>